Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Yo, what's up? It's your man, Sean Weatherspoon, M-I-Z-Z-O-U, and you're listening to the Mazadcast. Now, you need a hobby, like golf or something. This show is terrible. That's right. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. Now Cook's going to throw the deep ball, and Burton's past the defense. Touchdown, Luther Burton. 47 yards. Snare to place. Kick is up. It is... Yes! Now the walk-off winner from 61. Harrison Venus. This is the Mazzotcast. Well, howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Colin, we are uh, recording after Mizzou's seventh game of the season, taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Missouri came away the victor on the road, 38-21. to And dare I say, the most impressive victory of the season so far. This was a big one for a couple of reasons. One, we got down early. I mean, got down in a way that would usually, in most years, have spelled doom for this football uh, team, but not this year. And, wait, wait. Uh, we were down early? I hadn't noticed. Yeah. Also important because it's Kentucky, and they've kind of had our number, and uh, it's important for them to know their fucking place, <laughs> and it's behind us. <laughs> know their fucking place. I think there's no question about that. I mean, uh, Kentucky left this game knowing no, they're fucking place. <laughs> they are a uh, notch below the Missouri Tigers when it comes to their place in the SEC, for sure. 38 right. to 21. Right. That is a big win, a big conference win on the road against a ranked opponent coming off of a disheartening loss to LSU. You couldn't really ask for anything more. The game did get off into an Ugly start, Colin. I mean, yeah, we it, couldn't tackle for the first quarter. It was weird. It wasn't just the and defense. The we offense could. Johnny Walker Jr. into coverage in the red zone, which was also weird. I think a good word to describe it would be weird. The offense wasn't much better, Colin. I mean, we couldn't move the ball at all. Uh, Brady Cook was overthrowing guys. It was just like everything was going Kentucky's way, and Missouri looked like they were. I'm almost disinterested at first. It, Brendan basically got the Mizzou Blues. Early. 
After watching that, got on Twitter. He interneted mad. Mm-hmm. I did. I think that's what they call that. Yeah, Colin, I, I, I just want to admit to you now and to everybody listening, uh, I'm a reactionary tweeter, and I'm here to admit it to you and well, to our God. And your defense, we looked awful the first. Uh, we had interception. There was another play where like, we're trying to convert a third down, and uh, we basically almost snap it over Brady Cook's head, and he kind of fumbles it. It led to a punt, which led to a touchdown. That punt was just a humongous momentum swing. The that fake, fake punt. punt, I should say. Colin, the, the fake punt, I mean, it was a clear dividing line in between what was the two games. And the first quarter that went so badly for Missouri and then ultimately just absolutely dominating Kentucky the rest of the way out, it seemed like this one game was almost a microcosm of how the season has gone in that we started out and just looked like, a bad team, like a team that wasn't capable of anything productive. And then it's like a, a switch flipped and we were a completely different team. And I've never seen anything like this since I've been watching the Tigers to where it's not just we needed a few pieces to fall into place and everything would work out. It's like a different team. It was like a different team from the first quarter to the second quarter. It was a different team from South Dakota and Memphis to K-State, LSU, and Kentucky. like It's amazing the sort of just like snap of the fingers and you're a different team. And the different team has been good. I mean, everybody looking around at the Missouri Tigers right now says, this is a good team. And, you know, I guess part of the reason I was so down early, Colin, is that I, di- I didn't believe. I have not believed. You know, I just have mm-hmm. seen three years of, of drink ball and then we are what we are now. And it's time for me to start believing, I guess. Yeah, and I think uh, what can't be lost in this game, especially after LSU, is that the defense played well. Yeah. After the first quarter, the defense played really well. Johnny Walker Jr. continues to put pressure on the quarterback. We forced turnovers. We had a fumble recovery and really made uh, Kentucky's offense look pretty inept most of this game. And uh, it was never really in doubt. Once we took the lead, even when Kentucky took it back, I was like, well, they're not going to be able to stop us. You know, Mevis continues to not impress in a lot of situations which is kind of scary but yeah this was as resilient a win as i've seen a mizzou team have we had not gotten a lot of pressure on opposing teams quarterbacks we had four sacks in this game we had not been getting a ton of interceptions we had two interceptions in this game Mm -hmm. we put the game away when we needed to with 18 fourth quarter points it was i mean the stands were utterly empty, devoid of Kentucky fans. Just the Missouri section was cheering at the end of this game. I can't believe this year, Brennan, we didn't have a midweek show yeah. leading up to this. We didn't get to talk to the Colonel. That's true enough. We've really fallen off. Uh, I don't know if we'd want to talk to Colonel Sanders this year because uh, he's going to be down after what just happened on Saturday yeah. now. it was We scored 17 in the second quarter, 18 in the fourth quarter, held court in the third quarter. From the time the second quarter kicked off, to the end of the game, Kentucky was outclassed, utterly outclassed. We're now six and one, two and one in conference, ranked number twenty in the nation. We go up against South Carolina next week, and then Georgia Bulldogs, who, while still the number one team in the country and still an incredibly good football team, vulnerable in a way they haven't been the last couple of years. In a wide open year in college football where nobody looks particularly dominant, 
I have said before, this looks like a year where if you could make moves, there are openings. And to my surprise, pleasantly, Drinkwitz is taking advantage of that. And we're yeah, we're his, good his when we need to be good. Gotten, his play calling, and that might be the uh, Kirby Moore, but the play calling has gotten a little more aggressive. Uh, they used the tight end. They started North Fleet. I didn't yeah. see Stevens get near as many snaps. I think game, after four good. drops, we're not going to see a lot more Stevens. And North Fleet does. Well, I mean, look he good. was in there. I mean, the, when they go to that two uh, tight end set, I mean, he he's in there blocking. But when it came to starting, and when it came to pass catching, it all went to North Fleet, which I think is a you know an acknowledgement on Brinkwitz's part that hey, there's a roster upgrade here if I'm just willing to make the change. And he did this week, so I want to give him credit for that. Our offensive line uh, was the only real downside that, for me, I, I watched our offensive line. They just We could not run the ball at all. Uh, God bless Cody Schrader. He just pounded and pounded away and eventually broke one late and scored that touchdown. It was really important at the time, but, man, he had a long night. I just Our line, when it comes to like imposing their will and forcing the run game, they just don't have it. I mean, they haven't had it yet. Maybe they'll find it, but, man, uh, when it comes to like those uh, – grind them out yards those uh conversions man they just get they just do not control the line of scrimmage 55 Tolbuson, he's a problem i mean he's a big problem i don't i know some people don't like individual players being called out but i mean like hey if we're gonna lay it on brady cook every time he fucks up over the past season that we've got problems right at center and right in the fucking heart of our line and it's making it really hard to run between the tackles yeah, it was a long night for Schrader, who did eventually break free for a uh, 19-yard touchdown run. Uh, honestly, Colin, uh, for putting up 38 points, one of our best offensive performances of the year, it was not the normal Mizzou offense. I mean, you're talking about the nights that Brady Cook went you know, almost 400 yards passing. He had 167 yards passing with a touchdown and an interception, but he controlled the game. He was a, a, an effective game manager. Luther Burden? Didn't have his normal Luther Burden-esque night. It fell to Theo Weiss and Marquis Johnson to pick up the lion's share of the receiving yards and the the uh, scoring drives. So it's nice to see other guys pick up the slack when a guy like Luther Burden isn't on or if he's just in triple coverage and can't get free. Yeah, they're going to roll coverage to Burden. Theo Weiss is an excellent option. Yes, he is. He's Theo Weiss, I'll tell you what Theo Weiss does. He makes me forget who Dominic Lovett ever was because that, you know what I mean? Cause Lovett was yeah. so good last year. And when he left for Georgia, I thought that was such a gut punch to not only leave the team, but to go to your division opponent and the number one team in the country. And he did score a touchdown for Georgia on Saturday, but up to that point, he had been almost a no show since he transferred. And with Theo Weiss on board, and whenever the defense is focusing all their attention on Luther Burden, there's Weiss ready to fucking do magical things. So he was a great transfer pickup for Drinkwitz. He was a great pickup. Part of what uh, has helped Burden become the Luther Burden we know this season is that he got to move into the slot position that Lovett was squatting in. So we lose Lovett, yeah, but it, it's given Burden an opportunity to play his natural position. And it's... Uh, obviously yielding results. This was not the outcome I expected. I mean, it wasn't obviously it wasn't the start that I expected, but I thought Missouri could win this game, but I thought it would be close. Kentucky has looked good. They've had a, a week schedule up to this point with an impressive win over Florida 
but I didn't think that Missouri was going to dominate on the road in the way that they did. And it gives me, it just gives me so much more confidence going in. I don't want to overlook South Carolina because I feel like there's a little of that going on right now because South Carolina has struggled, but South Carolina's had a tough road to hoe up to this point. Mm-hmm. I do think though, I'm starting to believe more and more that the Tigers are a pretty good team. Oh yeah. And I, I, maybe it's I'm slow to believe because you know we've because we're Missouri, frankly, but um, we're six and one, and we beat Kentucky and didn't look like we had a particularly difficult time doing it. I'm more and more I look back at that LSU game and I think, man, our defense didn't play well, and we gave them all we wanted, and they've mm-hmm. got a guy who's might win a tri- Heisman Trophy playing quarterback, yeah, and we gave them all they wanted and should have won the game, and I think uh, in retrospect, I think that loss is going to continue to look better and better yeah and, uh, it was particularly sweet beating kentucky because god everybody on the all the networks was picking kentucky i mean it's just such it's it's just so apparent that no one watches mizzou football i mean <laughs> fucking nobody you yeah. know what i mean like nobody knows what we are and that's why when we were given lsu uh the business early in that game and there uh, people are tweeting like who's what is missouri about you know are we forgetting about missouri are they the best team we're not talking about blah 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 it's like yeah you are you know, this isn't an, an accident. You know, like we have a receiving core that most Division One programs would kill for. We've got a quarterback who's as hot as any quarterback in the country. We've got a a serviceable running game and a, a defense with, though it has underperformed, has talent all over the field. So I think once some of the quote-unquote experts start to take a closer look at Missouri, I think we're going to see those, you know, wins are, I think are going to see us jump quite a bit in the rankings because you know they dropped this out after you know taking lsu to the wire basically which made no sense but then we jump all the way back up to 20 after one win against a kentucky team that's not particularly world beaters but we looked good doing it you shouldn't think this way but i can't help but creeping into my mind like god had we managed to pull off that lsu win (laughs) we're looking at seven and oh but woulda coulda shoulda uh we're six and one now south carolina going to be coming to town and yes, South Carolina is two and four and maybe they're competing with Arkansas for the, uh, you know, the best two and four, two and five team in the country. But I look at this team as a dangerous team, honestly, South Carolina. I think Missouri is better than them, but they had a very difficult schedule as opposed to Kentucky. They played number 21, North Carolina, who is no joke, and they lost there. They played Georgia already. They've gotten that butt padding out of the way. Tennessee is their most embarrassing loss, 41-20. They got blown out. Their only blowout on the year, and they just barely got beat by what looks like a mediocre Florida team. So they are not as bad as their record indicates, I guess that's what I'm saying. I say that they are – Middling, yeah, which they're is middling. I said at the beginning of uh, in the preseason when I went on the Spurs Up podcast, I said they're middling, and of course everybody took great offense at that. But I think that's I I don't think that's a insult. I think it's what they are right now. I think you know programs like Missouri and South Carolina and Kentucky and these we we live in middling, and we hope to recruit well enough to have special seasons. And that's what I said. I think Missouri's going to have a have a special season if. If they can get by teams like South Carolina and Kentucky, and they've they've done that already uh, with Kentucky, and now South Carolina is basically that next stepping stone. I mean, you go through if you win next week, you're seven and one. Yeah, and even the snobbiest SEC newspaper men can't cry uh, that Mizzou doesn't belong, and uh, that's good. Fuck them. 
<laughs> Fuck them is right. Colin, I do want to say before we end up going to the break that I was just thinking after that game, Luke Bauer, our punter, tosses that 39-yard touchdown pass to Marquise Johnson. Like you said, absolutely changed the momentum of the game, the trajectory of the entire game. You think Sam Horn went home that night sitting there thinking, God damn, the fucking punter has been allowed to take more downfield shots than I have. The fucking coach won't let me in, won't let me throw. The goddamn punter gets to throw downfield. God damn. <laughs> well, you know what? It feels like it feels like a different season when the Sam Horn Brady Cook talk was going on. Oh yeah, it does. And uh I remember Brent Frederickren writing that, you know, he you know, Brinkworth wasn't doing any of them a service by doing this, you know, who is the starter, who isn't the starter. He should just start a cook. You want to start cook and or, or give Horn a shot, but, you know, this sort of stupid pretend tryout for Horn, which mm-hmm. was never re- real, did no one uh, uh, any favors. Yeah. And uh, now that all seems like a distant memory because uh, we've said on the show many times, winning cures all. Yeah. It cures all. And I think that's part of the reason. Except that- for herpes. You can't get rid of that shit. <laughs> but, her- but winning mostly cures all. Everything but herpes. I think it's taken me so long to jump on board, Colin, because we put our flag in the ground and said Missouri looks bad. Drinkwitz is not doing a good job. And then when that stance clearly turns out to be not right, it's tough. You know, you dig your heels in a little bit and you mm-hmm. got to just swallow sure. your pride and say, look, what's staring me in the face is the team I like is doing good. And that's good. <laughs> you know, it's good yeah, to be exactly. wrong. Here. You got to say, hey. You got to be able to admit you were wrong. Mm-hmm. What you don't want to do is make up fairy tales. You want to, you know, admit that uh, you lost. Well, I mean, but you, you just you got to acknowledge what uh, when you're wrong, and we were wrong. It's it's something that we've uh, berated other people in Mizzou media for doing, rather than just admitting they were wrong about certain coaches. We won't mention names, Conzo Martin. They just double down, and I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. Like we were wrong. This is a good football team. Brady yeah. Cook is a good quarterback. I could pull up an ex- uh, Excel spreadsheet and make up a bunch of fake statistics <laughs> yeah, we can make as up to say why. What you're seeing is <laughs> what you think yeah. you saw on TV is actually not what you saw. Let me explain to you why we're actually bad. I think, and I think I've said it before that, you know, with Drinkwitz, you go, you know, you basically hope the recruiting and the talent that brings in basically offsets or counteracts some of the more head scratching decisions he might make. You know, but uh, you keep bringing in five-star wide receivers. You can you can make some boneheaded calls and uh, still be six and one. We weren't alone. I should say that too. And and our skepticism of this team, I think you know, Gabe DeArmond had at one point called Drinkwitz the most conservative coach in America, and that most conservative coach in America we're talking about is the same guy who did a thirty-nine-yard punt, fake punt for a touchdown. The same coach who started a major football game with an onside kick to try to get the ball back. Like, he, Drinkwitz is being much, much more aggressive than he had been in first couple of games of the season, as well as the last couple of years as his as our head coach. So, just things are the in an entirely different place now. The circumstances of this game kind of forced his hand to be less conservative. I mean, because yeah. I remember. You know, the first series was, you know, like, holy Jesus, like, let's run it up the middle as, you know, like, is this really what we're going to do on the road? We're going to come out and just, you know, five yards in a cloud of dust. Like, what are you doing? And immediately we, we uh, have to punt, you know, but when you get down 14, 
sorry, drink. You're not going to get to stick to that game plan where you want to lull everybody to sleep. He went full of Konzo wits on that first series. And I was, I think that so, sort of put a bad taste in people's mouth immediately. Then Brady Cook throws an interception. And man, before you know it, you're down 14 to nothing. But uh, what a response by this football team. Yeah. It makes it even more impressive that we blew out Kentucky and that we started out so miserably. It's hard to believe that we're talking about this. It's hard to believe we're having the season we have because let's be honest, we're six and one now, ranked team, and we're on a trajectory. Talk about special seasons. We're on a trajectory we haven't seen in a decade since the 2013-2014 years when we won the division. There's even crazy talk about will Missouri be the team that finally dents Georgia's record and gives them a loss. I mean, God, we got to play South Carolina before we can even have that kind of crazy conversation. But like, it's yeah, coming out of people's mouths. Yet. It's you know what I mean. Like, this is the kind of season yeah. where this is the direction we're headed right now. It feels really good, and it's nice to have a little faith. And it's taken me a long time to get there, but I'm no longer being the negative Nelly that I've been for so long. And I'm tired, I'm sure people are tired of hearing about. I'm, I'm turning off Twitter. I'm going to yeah. try to drink well, away my Mizzou blues. You know, this we need not this game not to be a trap. It's a trap. Look at like the 49ers and the Browns. It's not the it's not the 49ers getting beat by some other heavyweight football team. It's the fucking team you overlook. And I said I don't want Mizzou to overlook South Carolina. Mizzou's a better football team if we keep our eyes on the prize and don't look ahead to a Georgia team. Like we can't play Georgia till we beat South Carolina. Well and, uh, I like I said, no, no trap games. No trap games. I think one of the benefits from the struggles we've had in this season and for the battle that Cook has had to get to the position he's in now is that we can't really overlook anybody. And even the first quarter of this Kentucky game tells us that as good of a football team as we are, we're living on a razor's edge that at any time, if we let up off the gas or if we lose focus, we start with more of the penalties that we could turn back into the pumpkin that we saw at the beginning of the season and, and what we saw last year. But when everything's working and when everybody's rowing in the same direction, this is a damn good football team. I will say before we get to the break, Colin, talking about the penalties, we didn't have penalties against Kentucky. And Kentucky did. They were heavily penalized. And a lot of their penalties were backbreakers that you know took points off the board and negated huge gains, the kind of things that would drive us nuts mm -hmm. and that we have done in the past. We were more disciplined. Kentucky was the victim of that kind of thing. And look at yeah, and they got away with a couple too, despite yeah. what Kentucky made it seem like. I mean, I remember that first series uh, when Kentucky was marching in the field, they're literally, you could see it on the replay. I mean, a guy just basically a handful of Jersey pulling a guy sideways. And it's like, I guess that's not a hold anymore, you know, but so, Anyway, no worries for getting mired down into that. But yeah, the team looked better just on the whole. I forget you take away the first quarter and we dominated that football game. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to hear what our uh, listeners had to say about it because it did start out so badly and it ended up so well that uh, the chronology of the voicemails are going to be all over the place. Schizophrenic, and I'm looking forward to it. We'll listen to that, Colin, after the break. This is the Mazodcast. <laughs> Hey 
Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. And we are back. And as we promised, here is the Mazodcast mailbag. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. And boys calling from down in Georgia, and we're five minutes into the game. Can somebody tell me why the fuck we can't tackle anybody? M-I-Z. It was a struggle early. Yeah, the tackling was poor early. Well, Tyron Hopper just got bitched, and this fucking Ray Davis guy is just spraying his hobo cum all over our fucking poop shoes. <laughs> hobo cum. And we're only like 10 minutes Somebody the had the bazoo blues this just like Brennan. This fucking hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. <laughs> to be fair to me, it was a fucking terrible start. Like, disastrous. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty bad. Agreed. It's easy to forget because it went so well afterwards, but it was all fucking in the moment. Yikes. Well, uh, there's uh, five minutes left in the first quarter. Brady Cook started throwing an interception. I think they have a hundred yards rushing already, too. So, might as well start the motherfucking bus and get the fuck out. <laughs> No, no, that's why they keep playing it. Took but, a turn. Yeah, things took a turn. But literally, there were they did have over seventy yards rushing in the first quarter. It's easy to get a case of the Mizzou blues, Colin. Oh my God, we suck. I'm not even drunk yet. We are hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. <laughs> I think we're gonna know immediately when these calls get to the second quarter. Jesus Christ, gang, what the fuck can we do to get a damn stop here? Your damn defense is looking just like my team's, a bunch of bitch-made bitches. Kentucky's running in raw. Jesus Christ, fuck. Ugh, what a fucking horrible Saturday. <laughs> Look, see, I wasn't the only one. Jackpot's such a poet. All right, Trips, Kevin from Kirkwood. Now that is how you respond to getting punched in the mouth. They drive it down the down your throat, you decide... Okay, I'm going to do a fake punt. I'm going to do a brass balls drive, knowing that Kentucky gets the ball coming out of halftime. I'm going to come back and get a lead. I'm impressed. I'm happy with the resiliency of this team and how they can fight back from not having things go their way. Roll on the second half. MIC. No, resiliency was the uh, word of the day, I think, because if disconcerting was the word from LSU, I think resiliency is the word coming out of Kentucky. Guys, we looked hungover as hell in the first quarter, but that <laughs> fake punt was a Matty mock size line of coke to get us right back into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Pure Bolivian shale. That's right. A long line. Just put together neatly with a credit card. is exactly what we needed. We're awesome. I'm drunk. And Cody Schrader is a handsome little man. 
He's a handsome little man. <laughs> Good for him. They call me Missouri Mike down here in Athens, Georgia, where I live. I remember last week when Missouri threw some haymakers for the first quarter and a half and then lost to the better team. Well, this week, boys, we're fucking the better team. Let's go. Sure looked like it. Well, I'd like to get some sour grapes after this, but I don't know if Kentucky fans really care because it's almost basketball season. And at this point in the night, they're probably balls deep in their sister wives anyway. <laughs> M-I-Z. Oh, several of them cared. You'll find out soon enough. I request you guys get Colonel Sanders on this Kentucky game <laughs> recap. I want to hear about how much cocaine and hookers it took him to get over this one. Blue label tonight. That's <laughs> right. Johnny Walker was blue, not red tonight. So I feel like I'm glad we won, but I'm not like, I don't feel fulfilled because I feel like Kentucky gave us the game. I'm glad we won and I'm not confident. I mean, I hope we win more games, but they make it tough. Oh, tough like a heart. Tough. Man, that dude, whew. I don't know. M-I-Z. We're going to see what we got next week. This guy's still got a touch of Mizzou Blues even after that game. I know, yeah. A game like that against Kentucky couldn't cure your Mizzou Blues, but but not every win's perfect. Uh, It was 38-21. to It doesn't matter how we got there at the end of the day. It's just uh, the scoreboard tells the tale. Well, I think even with Brady Cook having some interceptions the last couple games, it's easy to forget how bad he was last season, how bad Bazelak was before him. Like, even this year, even Brady Cook's bad games have been pretty good games by comparison of what we've been getting from, from our quarterbacks for the last two or three years. Well, and you're going to hear me say something that you haven't heard me say maybe ever, which is a big defense of Brady Cook. They're throwing the ball all over the field right now, and they used to not do that. They used to throw these bullshit screen passes, these boring-ass Consulates mm-hmm. football that yep. uh, was safe. You know what I mean? Like you didn't get much yards, but you didn't throw picks either. And they're throwing it all over the yard. And then we we got uh, this false sense of security because Brady Cook went like a SEC record number of throws without throwing a pick. But when you throw the ball all over the yard, you're going to throw an occasional interception. It's just part of how it works. And it's the price you pay for exciting football. So, you know, he's going to throw a few picks. And the picks were bad. But the rest of it's very, very good. The Theo Weiss catches are good. The Marquise Johnson catches are good. And when Luther Burden is on, it's all good. But they do come with the occasional interception. Yeah, if you, if you said, hey, would you rather you know Brady Cook throw some interceptions once in a while and you play an exciting down-the-field offense, or would you want to, do you want to see Konzowitz ball but no interceptions? I'll take this. I'll take the interceptions and pushing it down the field every day of the week. I am sorry, Drinkwood. I'm sorry, Brady Cook. I will eat all the hobo cum filled sour grapes that you fucking feed me, and I will fucking like it. Hobo cum. I am sorry. I fucking hate Kentucky. This is the probably the most good I felt after a win in fucking ten goddamn years since 2013. This is for last year with the bullshit with the fucking punter. This is for 2018 with the fucking bullshit pass interference. Fuck Kentucky. Fuck this shitty-ass university. We own you. Mizzou is winning the fucking East. Fuck Kentucky. M-I-Z. Now, that guy 
is past the Mizzou Zamp. Blues. Yeah, his Mizzou Blues is gone. He's got a Mizzou erection. <laughs> He's got a full-on steamer. <laughs> oh, man. Mizzou just won. I'm drunk as a skunk. Fucking hit my bed. I'm up money. Free money, some would say. And uh, I tell you what, love the show for the most part, but the big fat guy that puts this show together kind of seems really down on drinking cook. And as a guy that's been really up on drinking cook from the beginning, it just seems like, I don't know, maybe Brennan's an asshole that doesn't know shit. I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, Brennan drinks hobo cum for breakfast. Hobo cum. And uh, it's hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Because he doesn't know what he's talking about. This team's going to shit, boys. Uh, anyways, M-I-Z-V-O-U, love boys. <laughs> He's right. Who do you can find such sweet, sweet sour grapes in Kentucky? <laughs> well, so, Kentucky's just the right recipe for sour grapes because they aren't very good, but they think they're better than us. And so if you beat a team like, let's say we played Alabama and we lost, and Alabama lost to us. The vitriol wouldn't be towards Mizzou. It would be towards the coaches of Alabama or, you know, the players of Alabama or whatever. There's a sweet spot for you've got to maybe not don't want to acknowledge it, but Kentucky has to acknowledge that they're sort of a contemporary and they have an expectation that they're better than us. And then they lose to us. It's great for sour grapes. Alabama thinks they're better than us and they're right. Yeah. And Georgia will too. Like if we beat Georgia, the the vitriol will be squarely pointed at Kirby Smart. You know, it won't be there won't be a lot of fuck Mizzou. Um, there'll be some of that though, and we'll read it to you. Well, I mean, you got a team like Tennessee, and they're you know they've been better than us in the last couple of years, but they absolutely will be fuck Mizzou. You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, but again, they will, they'll never say it out loud, but they don't understand, and they don't truly understand it themselves, but subconsciously they know we're their contemporary, but they yeah. don't want to ever admit it, and that's what it makes the grapes so sour. Yeah, and Arkansas is, I think, an ideal scenario because Arkansas is just diluted, right? They don't, they don't know what they actually are. Exactly. And you can't be Vanderbilt either because Vanderbilt kind of just like they look at, they don't expect to beat anybody, and you – you know the old saying, like, the lions don't concern themselves with the opinion of sheep? Yeah. And uh, that's what Alabama would be. You know, like, that's what Alabama would blame coaching. And they, you, they, you'd barely mention who they got beat by. They just The, the more conversation is the fact that they got beat. You know, when we play teams like Kentucky, where they like to act like they're better than us, they know they're not. And it's that, that gnawing sense of insecurity that makes the grapes so sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to report that a cure has been found for the Mizzou Blues. For the first time since 2014, no longer will redneck stepchildren die every year from this terrible disease. <laughs> it has been cured. Thank you, Daddy Eli Jinguin and Brady Bitcock Cook. Good night. Man, if only now they could find a cure for SPS. Yeah, Brady Cook's like that monkey in Outbreak. Remember that movie written with Dustin Hoffman? Yeah, the one from like 1994. Yep, play the drop. Anyway, they got to find this monkey because he's the cure. Yeah. And our cure, our special little monkey, well, that's Brady Cook. <laughs> he's the cure for the Mizzou Blues. He's patient zero. Yep. He's our AIDS monkey. 
<laughs> it's the nicest thing that's ever been said about Brady Cook on this show is that he's the AIDS monkey that cures the Mizzou blues. He's our AIDS monkey. If Brady can date Eli's daughters, can I date the punter? Hobocom. Hobocom. <laughs> well done, young man. <laughs> I don't know if I endorse this person's parenting. But I also completely endorse this person's parenting. <laughs> Sean from Kansas City, boys. Anyone else feel like stuck starting a shotgun after that first quarter? <laughs> God damn it, this team. Fucking battle back. Defense whooped the shit up. We all thought that was about to be 42 to fucking 17 or some shit. Yeah. Nope. Turned it on and said, fuck Kentucky. Somehow those fucking blue pricks have owned us. God, I hope they all go to sleep with blue balls tonight, boys. M I Z. Yeah, that's how I felt. You know, it was on a bad path, and yeah, it was early, and yeah, I jumped the gun, but that's the direction it was heading, and that's you know, I was I was tweeting in my feels was what I was doing. Unreal, unreal. I can't fucking believe it. If you were to tell me at the beginning of the season we would have had a shit game against LSU, we kind of blew it, but then we would be six and one right now turning Kroger Field into Deerberg Field. That's the way to fucking do it. I can't believe it. We represent it. M-I-Z, baby, let's go. Yeah, we dropped a hot schnooks on their field. <laughs> well, the Tigers fucking did it. Eli, I was completely out, and he fucking pulled me right back in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. 14 nothing, then 38 to fucking 7 run. God damn, it got me hard as a fucking rock. Hey, you fucking lost. Fuck them. The hogs lost. Fuck them. They can burn in fucking hell. M-I-Z. Feels good. Yeah, yeah. Shot and yeah. yeah. Hey, fellas. Chase Macklin here after 17-point dub over Kentucky. Uh, congrats to Mizzou for winning their sixth Super Bowl of the season right there. Mm -hmm. And it's good mm -hmm. to see we actually have a defensive line on our team. Let's go now. Rolling into homecoming. Couldn't be happier. See y'all in Como. Let's get after it. Cousin Chang, you owe 17 beers on next SEC podcast. MIZ fellows, let's go Tigers! <laughs> in the words of the great St. Louisan and Professional Bowling Association Hall of Famer Pete Weber, who do you think you are, I am? MIZ, baby. <laughs> I love it. Who do you think you are, I am? Great win by Missouri. I think uh, Tyron Hopper is playing hurt, and we don't know about it. But I think if we can uh, pull down that ugly, ugly, ugly ginger Spencer Radler down next week, be able to load up for Georgia going into uh, week whatever it is, 7-1, and one, and looking into uh, to be Georgia. M-I-Z. It's all going to come down to what kind of Spencer Rattler we're dealing with. It does scare me a little bit with Jaden Daniels, what he was able to do with our defense and just thinking about what Spencer Rattler can also do with his legs. It's going to be a challenge. So tonight I'm going to get Mark Soups in a well, and I'm going to make him repeat the phrase, it rubs the lotion on its skin and it does it when it's cold. <laughs> and I'm going to cut his skin up and then I'm going to wear his skin. <laughs> so, that's what I'm going to do in celebration of Missouri dominating Kentucky. Don't forget to tuck I your junk. I fucking hate Kentucky. Fuck you, Mark Stoops, and fuck your fat ass.
hey, Brett Sarver, you better call back in because you got some competition for the resident uh, Buffalo yeah. Bill. What was his name? John Barkley? John, John Barkley. Barkley. John, John Bar- yeah. We threw the David in just because we knew he needed yeah, a middle John, name to be a true serial. serial killer name is John David Barkley. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> who I believe murdered and raped many people in Seattle in 1977, if memory serves. Yeah. He can fill us in if we got the middle name wrong, but we probably don't. We probably have all the details correct. And I don't think there's any reason to speculate. We got them all right. Well, here's what's going to be problematic, Colin, is that, oh, that's a funny joke. He's talking about killing Mark Stoops wearing his skin. Mark Stoops comes up missing in the next couple of days. Nobody knows where he's at. Suddenly, this podcast becomes of national interest. Brennan, uh, John David Barkley's secret is safe with me. <laughs> that's what I'm fucking talking about. This is the type of game that Pat Mizzou teams just roll over and die. Just what you said. But not this. Go down 14 nothing, playing like hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. What do they do? Outscore fucking Kentucky 38-7. to That takes toughness. That takes heart. That takes Brady fucking tough heart. And we are 6-1, bowl eligible. Don't know how the rest of the season is going to go, but I'm fucking here for it. Let's fucking go, baby. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. The outcome of that game last night makes you wonder if we hadn't gotten fucked over by the referees so many years in a row, would we even be in this situation losing 7-9 to Kentucky? Once they flipped that switch, they absolutely dominated. Homecoming week, MIZ. Well, here's the thing that we did on Saturday that we hadn't done in past years, which is we took the game out of the officials' hands. You know, if you put Kentucky away, you don't have to worry about one shit fucking call or some crazy ass scenario that you've never seen before destroying the game and going the wrong direction. When you fucking blow them out by 17 points and send all their fans home early, you don't have to worry about the officials and how shitty they may be. And that's what we accomplished on Saturday. Uh, Good morning, fellas. Sunday, JD checking in with you. That was a hell of a win last night. I'm glad I recorded the game because I had to go back and watch the motherfucker twice to make sure that you guys actually beat Kentucky. Holy shit, what a game. Uh, I was kind of up and down there for a while. I didn't know if you guys were going to pull it out or not, but, uh, man, I was sitting there drinking my Johnny Walker and uh, watching y'all motherfuckers cook. Anyway, congratulations and uh hell of a job. Like I said, man, I, I see 10 and 2 for y'all this year. You guys are on a roll. And uh, I would like to officially... Uh, put my uh, membership to my school in the in the transfer portal. I don't know if you guys got room on your uh, on your bandwagon there for me to jump on, but uh, I'm, I'm about over these motherfucking moral victories at Arkansas. We're the best goddamn two and five team in the country, but man, I'm sick of it. Uh, I've had enough of fucking big titty Pittman, and uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to go and get on some of that Mizzou football. I mean, my wife's a graduate from there anyway, so I'm kind of kind of in, you know what I mean? So, like I said, man, you guys are doing a hell of a job. Uh, keep up the good work, and talk to you all later. M-I-Z. Thank you, J.D. This all sounds well and good, but, you know, Mizzou is going to play Arkansas at the end of the year like we always do, and I just want to, I think that's going to put this whole transfer portal talk to the test at that point, because... Uh, a teamectomy is a rare procedure. Yeah. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm, I've seen it done once. It wasn't pretty, for it, quite frankly. It's a lot of scarring. Just a shout out to the refs, really, of that game. I know a lot of Kentucky fans are going to say, oh, you know, Missouri was getting all the fucking calls. Well, Missouri was getting all the right calls for a change. So I just didn't want that to be overlooked. 
MIZ boys. Kentucky played sloppy. That's a that's a factor in it. You know, Missouri has played sloppy in the past, and the flags come out. And uh, Kentucky played sloppy, and some of those big calls that went Missouri's way, some of those big penalties that took points off the board, you look at the replay, and they weren't bad calls. They were the right no, calls. No, that's what I was going to say. I, I, You know, I saw the same thing you did, Brendan, is Kentucky people bemoaning the calls. I'm like, especially on a couple of those pass interferences, they were obvious pass interferences. Yeah. Obvious. You know what I mean? Like the one of them in particular, the guy just literally had two hands on him just standing in front of him. You know, like guys, the rule is you can't chuck beyond five yards. So when they're 15 yards down the field and your fucking player's got two hands in front of them and basically look like he's run blocking him. Yeah. That's a pass interference. Well, and, and on the false start call that took touchdown off the board, you look back and the guy absolutely is bouncing all over the line there. It's a false start. That's that's a flag. You throw that flag. Bart guy here. Literally just got back from uh, Lexington first quarter. Literally shit my pants. Had to go back to the hotel. Had to uh, change my diaper after uh got back about second quarter through. And God bless those motherfucking tigers. Feeling really good. Can't wait to make those cocks so fucking flaccid next week. Bark guy out. <laughs> I like that this guy pooped his pants. Well, he said literally. Do you think Clean he him? literally meant he... Did you take him at his word? I took him at his word. He pooped his pants in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. He went back to the hotel, changed those undies, and went back uh, like a real fan. That's a George Brett move right there. That's right. Well, there you have it. And as we suspected, the feelings were up and down. But at the end of the day, everybody was happy. Mizzou pulled off the big win. And because of that, Kentucky fans weren't so happy and gave us an opportunity to do something we enjoy greatly but don't always get to do. It's time for Sour Grapes. What you got there, Sour Grapes? You got a grip of Sour Grapes. Oh, them Sour Grapes. You brought them Sour Grapes. Sour Grapes, Sour Grapes. You got them Sour Grapes. Oh, Sour Grapes. You brought a grip of Sour Grapes. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got them Sour Grapes. <laughs> All right, Colin. What have you got for us? At, uh... Football Legends at FBL Legends underscore 11 writes, hard to win when you're playing against the refs. Sour grapes. Yeah, yeah blame the officials. These guys went straight for official blaming. That's uh, the uh, siren song of the fucking loser. Uh, Brandon Lane writes, Missouri holds every play and no call. But Kentucky's called every play trash. Laugh emoji, laugh emoji. So it sounds like he's mad. But he actually finds it hilarious. Sour grapes. Every day of every year for the last 11 years, we've listened to people say, Missouri doesn't belong in this conference. Nobody cares about you. You're a joke of a program. You're a poverty program. And now all of a sudden, the SEC officials have their thumb on the scales for the Missouri Tigers. Yep, that's right. SEC loves this. Of course, they're pulling for us. That's right. Monty at Monty Singh wrote, fuck you, Missouri. Sour grapes. Classic. Mizzou can thank the refs for this drive. That P.I. call was weak as it gets. That's from Lieutenant Dipshit. Sour grapes. Well, Lieutenant Dipshit, uh, you're a dipshit. 
you know, you're as good as your name. Mm-hmm. Meredith Myers at PM Myers writes, Ref's just going to let Mizzou hold on every other play? Yep, I guess so. Sour grapes. The, the whining ref moaning. I mean, it's just, like I said, I no one has taken it on the chin by ref officials more than Missouri. We always feel like we're careful to not go singing the fucking siren song of fucking poor officiating to to wallpaper over our team's deficiencies. That's a level of maturity that Kentucky fans obviously haven't reached. Nicholas Delango writes, refs are making sure Missouri wins this game, and I'm loving that. I'm confused. Mm. A Kentucky fan loves it? That I, I don't think they understand emojis or the word love. It's, it's all really confusing. Alex Ware says, it doesn't help that one of these refs has money on Missouri. My goodness, they've been terrible. Sour grapes. Michael Bassett writes, it must feel good to be a Missouri fan when you have the refs in your pocket. Kentucky is getting hosed. Yeah, you know, Brennan, it's it's uh, just the uh, kind of consideration when you get to, when you're a blue blood program like Missouri. You know, the refs right. are just going to... Give you every call. Well, it's just like, you know, Michael Jordan could always take an extra step and uh, never got the foul called on him because he's Michael Jordan. And I guess yeah, you, could, you could lay a finger on Tom Brady. <laughs> that's right. And Missouri is to college football what Tom Brady was to the NFL and what Michael Jordan was to the NBA. Obviously, everybody knows that. Yeah. Salad grapes. Brandon Lane, nah, SEC refs love Missouri. Salad grapes. Colin, these calls that went against Kentucky, can you just admit that you caused a lot of penalties? Like, Mizzou has had a ton of penalties, and I don't remember once us going like, gosh, the refs really have it in for our team. No, we penalized because we caused penalties. At Learlocks agrees, you said these refs are cheating for Missouri. Yeah, they sure are. Salad grapes. Hey, here's one that's uh, not ref-related, Colin. Justin at Mountain Vision says, Mizzou is a poverty program. Salad grapes. I'm I'm about sick of the term poverty program. Not that Missouri's being called poverty program. I don't give a shit about that. I just think it's tired and it's lazy. I mean... It, I don't know, it popped up like two years ago, three years, where people called said poverty program, and now it's like every other insult is poverty program. It's just lazy. Think of something new to say. There's so many insults out in the world. It's like the living rent-free. Yes, like, I hate rent-free, yeah, too. You know, rent-free was pretty clever in 2011. Yeah, it's fucked out. Poverty program, Super Bowl, rent-free, get some new material, world. Zach Trailer writes... Leary sucks. We have the most undisciplined O-line in the country. Refs have the money line on Mizzou. This guy acknowledges his team wasn't playing very well on the O-line, but then blames the refs. <laughs> Here's one, Colin. McShane Carver says, Kentucky back to losing to cellar dwellers. Salad grapes. Who do they think they are and who do they think we are? Yeah, in the 10 years we've been in the SEC, I would like to know how many times we've been. We Granted. We have been in the cellar of the SEC East, but rarely have we been below Vanderbilt. And many years, a couple of years, we've been at the top of the division. The cellar dwellers talk, fuck you. I mean, it's just bizarre that even Kentucky fans would have this holier than thou attitude when they're, check notes, Kentucky. Mike at UK Wildcats 222 writes, it's your Super Bowl victory. We know it. Don't deny it. <laughs> uh, Salad 
Okay, great. <laughs> I haven't heard of Super Bowl one yet. Uh, yes, talk about fucked out. I'm telling you. Here's one, to Colin, blaming the fact that they got beat by Georgia last week. We lose one game and the players just don't care anymore. Stoops has to do something about that soon. Sour great. This, you talk about loser mentality. This is Arkansas talk. Talking well, The reason we lost was not because we're bad or that Missouri might actually be good. It's because we didn't care about this game because we lost to yep. Georgia last week. We were pouting. Diehard sports fan at huge underscore sports fan writes, well, Mizzou just won their Super Bowl. Congrats on for finally winning. Thanks. Grapes. Mont at Dissonstunna writes, I want Missouri's bitch ass to lose so bad, brah. And uh, Grapes. No. Yeah. The Jones Zone says Missouri coach celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl against Alabama. Dude, it's Kentucky. Calm down. Grapes. First of all, uh, even if we beat Alabama, it wouldn't be the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, it's a stupid, stupid analogy. And then also, who cares? We're going to, we won. We're going to celebrate. Yeah. Fuck you. Well, Brendan Beth, Jerry says, I seriously do not understand why anyone would want to A, go to Mizzou and B, play for Dorkowitz. Uh, the answer to that is to beat Kentucky. That's why you go there is because you'll get to beat Kentucky. Salad grapes. <laughs> Justin T at JT Dizzle 2100 says, did we miss on a Dorkowitz hire? Great. Now they want Dorkwitz in their corner. Oh, uh, that's what's the, the crazy thing is, Brennan, is Dorkwitz wins too much, and one of these uh, upper-tier SEC programs is going to poach him, and mm-hmm. they won't Dorkwitz anymore. Juan Porker writes, in comparison to states similar to Missouri's population-wise and size-wise, Mizzou is poverty. I'm not sure what to make of that, Brennan. <laughs> Great. Well, it's stupid nonsense talk from a stupid, stupid person. Um, yeah, it just, that sounds like the kind of stats you get from like deep cable news. It's word salad. It doesn't mean anything. Let's <laughs> break it down. In comparison to states similar to Missouri, population-wise population. and size-wise, Mizzou is poverty. It doesn't mean anything. It's uh, indecipherable. It's stupid. Yeah. This is uh, a guy named Juan Porter. Just to help this guy fill out. Well, he's missing entire phrases in comparison to (laughs) in comparison to states similar to Missouri. Then what? It just doesn't make any sense. It's just like trying to have a conversation with a Labrador. It's just not going to go well. I I can't teach my Labrador how to do math, and I can't teach this douche pump how to uh, spell or use Twitter or how grammar works or why uh, he lost. Colin, he lost if, that. If, you, uh, if you were a little confused on why the outcome of the game was the way it was, Chris Judy has the answer for you. He says the thing is that refs don't call shit on Missouri. Salad grapes. You know what? Uh, Kentucky's been uh, having some decent seasons, and I think maybe they have, uh, as so many SEC programs are, susceptible to delusion because what i saw really that held kentucky back was their quarterbacks kind of shit um is what i saw uh, once mizzou kind of figured it out started bringing a little more pressure turns out he was shit that's that's the was the difference in the game for me i was like oh we can move the football they can't because their quarterback is shit sure so yeah. nobody nobody in all of those tweets about referees mentioned that the quarterback's shit and you know i'm no expert but i kind of feel like the quarterback's important yeah, and as you mentioned, Colin, a couple of pass interference calls. Look at the uh, replays, and they were clear pass interference. Here's the thing. Missouri had a pass interference called on them as well. And I watched the replay, and I was like, yep, 
that was that was a DPI right there. That was a that was a bad call or, or that was a bad play. You know that 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 was the right penalty flag to have been thrown. Kentucky sees the same thing and they think reps are out to get us. Oh, Brennan, I think that's all the sour grapes. Sour grapes. You talk about how, you know, if you're a really good program, you sort of like turn on yourself and get mad at the coaches. And if you're a really bad program like Vanderbilt, you just take it in stride because you kind of expected the outcome. Kentucky decided that uh, Mizzou, while a poverty program, was benefited by the. How could we afford to pay these referees if we're in such deep, deep poverty? That's what I want to know. It's amazing. I, you know, Missouri's an afterthought. You know, we don't belong. But at the same time, the refs are totally in our pocket. It's a, it's a really strange place to live. It's as tale as old as time, Colin. The officials and everyone in power wants Missouri to be head of the Southeastern Conference, where it fits in culturally and historically Mm -hmm. and just belongs. It just means more in Missouri, I guess. Yeah. Brennan, I hate to say it, but the SEC and Missouri, we're both part of the deep state. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Deep South State. All right. Let's move along to Around the Horn with the SEC. We we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Loves football. And Colin, would you fire up the Paul Feinbot? Yep. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. All right, let's get into the action this week. Colin, uh, things started off with number one in the country, Georgia, playing lowly Vanderbilt. And this was kind of a surprising start. You talk about Missouri starting poorly. Vanderbilt and Georgia were tied at seven at the end of this first quarter. Of course, Georgia ended up being Georgia and won this game 37 to 20. But Vanderbilt did not embarrass themselves in any way. And uh, honestly, Vanderbilt's two and six. They're 0 and four in conference. But they are a team that it's, it's kind of a shame that they, they're not as bad as the bad teams in the Big 12 were, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, Vanderbilt, yeah, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt, and they're bad. But there's a lot of bad teams in a lot of conferences, and I think if you put Vanderbilt in the Mountain West, they'd play ball. Yeah, they'd be much more competitive. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it tells us about Georgia? There's nothing? They just weren't up for Vandy? Yeah, that's my concern, is that it's just, like I said, you know, these trap games don't happen when you're playing big opponents. You know, by definition, you have to be playing someone you're overlooking. And, and Vanderbilt's the o- ultimate overlook for the SEC. Yeah, that takes us to Alabama versus Arkansas. Alabama, Alabama. I don't know if Alabama was overlooking Arkansas, but this was a much closer game than I think a lot of people expected. Certainly Vegas. Alabama beats Arkansas 24-21. to Arkansas tried to claw their way back into this one. J.D. mentioned in the voicemails another moral victory for Arkansas. No. As they, they did outscore Alabama in the second half. No. Came up short. Alabama, Colin, you know, I was saying I think Alabama started to figure it out. They did not look like it this weekend. They let a 2-5 and five Arkansas team nearly come back on them. I don't agree. Yeah, um, Alabama's not what they've been. And, uh, I mean, the rank shows it. Were they 11? 
something in that neighborhood. Yeah. At least they were. I don't agree. It's crazy to say, but that's a that's a pretty uh, disappointing season if you're Nick Saban. I don't agree. They're still leading the West at 4-0 in conference, 6-1 and overall. They are a really good football team. But, yeah, they – I mean, head-to-head, even with Georgia not looking as good as last year, I feel like Georgia maybe walks – against Alabama this year. You should be fired. Yeah, they're def- I would definitely pick Georgia in that matchup. I don't agree. Okay, uh, that brings us to Tennessee versus Texas A&M. Uh, this is a game I bet. Now, Tennessee was favored by three. They ended up beating them 20-13. to 13. Tennessee was number 19 in the country. A&M just isn't that good, in my opinion. They're 4-3 and three now, 2-2 two and two in conference. Tennessee moves to 5-1, and 2-1 and one in SEC play. It was a bit of a slugfest. It did not – neither team looked great, honestly. I watched this one throughout since I did have money riding on it. And uh, up until the very end, it didn't – it looked like it could go either way. Tennessee ultimately pulled it out by a touchdown. I don't know. Tennessee – it made me feel like Tennessee is is gettable. And it certainly made me feel like A&M was who I thought they were. Uh, but it did. It gives me confidence as Tennessee gets looms closer on Missouri's schedule that, uh, you know, this is not the same team that put up 66 points on us last year. You're right about that. No, it's not. And we're not the same team either. I You're mean, right. This is a better Mizzou team than, than, than Georgia saw last year. So no, Tennessee. No, we'll keep our fingers crossed, but let's get through South Carolina first. And uh, then we move to LSU versus Auburn. Auburn came to Baton Rouge. LSU coming off their win at Missouri. Uh, had no problem with Auburn, forty-eight to eighteen. You mentioned <laughs> that the uh, LSU loss might so look better and better as Jaden Daniels marches his way to a possible Heisman. Auburn's crap this year, but LSU absolutely fucking pounded them. We'll see how LSU ends up this year, but we shouldn't feel too bad about falling short against LSU. Is the way it's looking. And then Florida, South Carolina, of interest obviously to us, and those are two teams that we're going to have to play in conference, in division, and South Carolina coming up. They fell short 41-39 to at home. Look, South Carolina put up 39 points. They could not stop Florida. That's what we hope to see oh, with their lousy defense against our Missouri Tigers. But uh, we've got to contain Spencer Rattler better than the Gators did. Not a chance. I think we can. Not a chance. I think right now, Mizzou's roster is better on both sides of the ball than Florida's. <laughs> and then that takes us to the Missouri-Kentucky game. Obviously, we mentioned 38-21. to Mizzou was the victor. Next week, Mississippi State will be at Arkansas. This is a, t- a bad Mississippi State team going up against a bad Arkansas team. Arkansas is favored by a touchdown. I do think they'll win this one. Um, Arkansas is... You know, JD joked that they were the best two and five team in the country. I do think that they're better than their school, just like South Carolina. They're better than their their record indicates. Mississippi State is not good, uh, so I uh, have I would say Arkansas is going to get a their first SEC win against Mississippi State on Saturday. I sure hope so because that could be the straw that breaks the camel's back for old Samuel Pittman. No, what you mean? He'll get fired if he loses to Mississippi State. I mean, I don't – maybe fired – no, I don't know. I mean, the fan base, you can tell, is certainly turning on him, but I don't know where the administration is at. It's looking bad in Arkansas, and it uh, – I don't know. Maybe, like I said, that moral victory against Alabama will buy him time, but I would think losing to a team that sort of is the consensus 
uh, worst team in the SEC West, uh, if they lost that game, yeah, I could see the talk really getting the, the seat really getting hot. You know, looking back on that photo of Sam Pittman with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, where his tits were just so enormous, part of me wonders if he's sort of like Pinocchio, where you know Pinocchio tells a lie and his nose grows every time Arkansas loses. Sam Pittman's tits like go up a cup size. And if that's true, like where does he end up at the end of this year? Like part Dolly Parton esque. Oh man, he's gonna be like one of those weird pornos you see where the lady has boobs the size of like basketballs. Colin, I don't care what Sam, size Sam Pittman's tits are. If he's in a porno, it's gonna be a weird one. Yep, that's right. I love it. All right. Alabama is taking on Tennessee in Tuscaloosa. Alabama's favored by nine and a half over the Volunteers. I, that seems like a big line, given how poorly Alabama played last yeah, weekend. And this is this is a rivalry in a way. Maybe rivalry might be the wrong word, but this is definitely a game that Tennessee gets up for. You know, this is who they want their rival to be. I don't know that Alabama looks at Tennessee that way, but Tennessee certainly views Alabama in that way. That's this is their this is their to, to steal a phrase, Brendan. Their Super Bowl. Yeah, sure is. <laughs> Uh, nine and a half is a big number, in my opinion. I just think this Alabama—I I don't know. It could—I could be looking at it all wrong. It could be like Georgia when they went and dismantled Kentucky just to show everybody who they are. But I don't know if Alabama's got it in them. Tennessee hasn't looked great, but they're certainly one of the better teams I think Alabama has faced thus far. I don't know. At home, it's hard to bet against Nick Saban. You're right about that. I don't know. I'm taking Tennessee. I'm, I'm just, damn, I think that this is a game that Alabama, this is where they slip up. I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't agree. Nick Saban. I like it. I mean, I don't know if, I'm not going to say that Tennessee will win, but I think nine is too many. Yeah. I mean, I, I could take Tennessee. Definitely gambling-wise, I would take Tennessee and the points for sure. Yep, agreed. You should be fired. Ole Miss, number 13 now in the country, will be t- heading to Auburn. Ole Miss is just a six and a half point favorite against the three and three Auburn squad. Honestly, the way th- this sets up to me as a game, I think Ole Miss is going to boat race Auburn because they're a team that gets beat by Alabama. They're a team that probably gets beat by Georgia. You know, good teams will spank Ole Miss, but mediocre or bad teams, those are the games that Lane Kiffin has his way. And I know it's going to be on the road, but six and a half, I like that one. I think Ole Miss is going to have no trouble with a very bad Auburn team. I, both of those are good bets, honestly, if you ask me. Yeah. Call the bookie. I might be calling our bookie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went 3-0 and this week against that bookie. I'm glad he lost money, Colin. It felt good. Our bookie, by the way, is a friend of ours, and we... I mean, we kind of root week in and week out that we bankrupt his family. Yeah. It's the kind of friendship that only the closest of friends share. Well, and I I mean this too. I mean, for those of you listening at home, we literally have a text thread going around where we try, if we, if we see a game where we think, Hey, this is a good bet. Like this is a, this is a good chance. This is going to hit pay off. We try to get as many of the people we know to all bet that same bet so that when it hits our friend, the bookie just really has a serious financial problem. Yeah. On his hands. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of care mm-hmm. we have. We want to hurt him. We want his family to hurt. All right. Uh, LSU will be taking on Army at home. LSU 5-2, and two, Army 2-4. and four. LSU is a 30-point favorite in this one. I think I'll go with 
LSU. <laughs> and then that takes us to our game, South Carolina versus number 20 in the country now, University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri, the good Columbia. Colin, do you have you seen the line on this one yet? I haven't. You want to take a stab at it? Take a guess what they uh, put this one at? Uh, Missouri minus three. Uh, you would be underselling it, Colin. They like Missouri. Missouri is a seven and a half point favorite in this game against South hmm. Carolina. Um, That's more credit than I'm used to getting. It certainly is. I, I wonder. But I think people are starting to believe. I do wonder when the last time, I guess outside of Vanderbilt, when was the last time Missouri was a seven and a half point favorite in a conference game? Uh, the line I like most in this game, Colin, the over-under in this matchup is 60. I know that Missouri and South Carolina both are able to score points, but that's a big over-under in the year where the clock is ticking faster. Um, I'd be likely to take – if I was going to bet this game, I'd take the under before i take anything else. Yeah, that seems like a big number. But honestly, last week, what was it, 51? Yeah. And I thought that sounded kind of big, but they passed it like with no problems. True enough. So there you have it. That is the action this week in the SEC. Colin, let's move on just to a real quick Kansas news. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Kansas 5-1 and one heading into Saturday, number 23 in the country. They faced Oklahoma State. Colin, I got some bad news for you. The Kansas Jayhawks, who are looking so good this season, were frankly looking better than the Missouri Tigers at a point. They fell to the Oklahoma State Cowboys 39-32. to That's a lot better game than they have given uh, Oklahoma State in some years. Yeah, but they got dicked in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma State came back and won it. Kansas falls out of the top 25 after that loss and falls back to reality. They're now 5-2, uh, and 2-2 two, two and two in the Big 12 Conference. And then they're next, after they're facing a bye in the following week, they're going to have to go up against number 6, Oklahoma. I think the uh, Cinderella story for Kansas is over. Their wizard coach just doesn't have enough magic to overcome certain obstacles. Sad to see it. It's a shame. All right, Colin, that takes us to our awards segment of the show. So why don't we launch off with our TJ Mo Douche of the Week. Obviously, this award was named after one of the biggest douches in Mizzou history, TJ Mo, who fits the bill and earns the uh, trophy named after TJ this week, Colin. Well, I saw that Shadur Sanders, uh, Deion Sanders' son and quarterback for Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, looks like he was uh, posting links to merchandise on mm-hmm. his Instagram story uh, when he was up 29-0 against Stanford, a mm-hmm. game that they lost. Yeah. Uh, and then later, he claimed that he didn't have his phone at halftime, so somebody else was doing that on his phone. Sure. Um I think that's, uh, personally, I think that's horse shit. I was hacked. uh, I was hacked. Yeah, I think that's a big fat fucking lie. But anyway, (laughs) that's pretty douchey. It's like, oh, we're up by so much, I'm going to try to peddle merch at halftime. Sure. I mean, I understand that they're doing things different in Colorado, and I kind of respect it. But at the same time, it's like, 
you still have to take care of business. And they did not. They uh, absolutely yeah, and for all that bravado and coach speak, rah-rah speeches that Deion Sanders gives, I'm like, you guys just blew it when you're up 29 to zero. Yeah, that, that was bad. And I feel like the whole coach prime thing is super polarizing. People are locked in and they either love him or hate him and kind of don't even want to go down that road because I don't really give a fuck either way, to be honest. The whole Deion Sanders Colorado oh, I think what thing. He's doing is great. I think uh, he's a good coach, but I also think that uh, a lot of it is performative. Yeah. I mean, and that's, uh, you know, it's not as genuine as Rasir as Dion would like you to believe. He knows what he's doing, he's manipulating people. He's, I wouldn't call it a snake oil salesman because the guy delivers. But um, he's definitely full of shit. <laughs> and he always has been. I mean, that's yeah. you know what you're getting, you know, with with Dion. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why it doesn't bother me, I guess, is because it's like, have you not seen Dion for the last, I don't know, 25 years he's been in the national spotlight? Like, he is who I he's always been. appreciate his ability to dupe rubes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's been, he's been selling himself yeah. to the great unwashed masses. For years, and he's made him an exceptionally wealthy man. I think he's a he's a clever chap and a good coach. Well, an- another candidate I wanted to bring up, Colin, a little closer to home is uh, South Carolina's head coach Shane Beamer. Um, I don't know if you heard a little dust up that he's been dealing with this week. I saw that he was uh, I don't know a little little douchey to his players. Maybe he was asked in his press conference. What what went wrong against Florida? Why they lost? And um, a lot of people are saying that he blamed everybody. He he took a shotgun approach and was blaming everybody around him except anyone named Shane Beamer. But uh, mm-hmm. let me just play a little bit for you. You decide for yourself what you think. Shane, I know you haven't had a chance to really ingest it, but looking at the defense, just what did you see as the main problem out there? I saw the main problem, David. We call pressures and we don't run them. Uh, We play man coverage and and, uh, didn't do a great job of of keeping leverage. I mean, just in the first half alone, we we ran a pressure where the corner came and for some reason he stopped and we gave up an explosive pass because we didn't continue to run the pressure. Uh, We had another pressure call where we didn't run it. Uh, in the first half, we had a holding penalty in the secondary in the first half. Uh, we had another pressure on a third down backed up where we're going to be off the field in the first half and we didn't execute it properly. Um, we talked to our guys about not jumping around the quarterback. We got, we jumped and, and uh, got beat on a pump fake. We had an all sides on, in the first half. So just did not play clean football. And then at the end of the day, we had some calls that were perfect calls. We ran a edge pressure. If somebody said, Hey, a team is getting ready to run a reverse. What would be the perfect call? You would bring both people off the edge. We did it. We had a perfect call sometimes, and um, their guy made the play, and we didn't. But we got good kids in that room. They're going to continue to make those plays. Um, We've got to continue to do a better job of coaching them and putting them in position uh, to make those plays. I get a very Kevin Sumlin from Shane Beamer. I I listen to that press conference and go, this is a dumb person talking right now. And I always felt that way about Kevin Sumlin. I was like, how did this guy get to this point in coaching? He strikes me as a complete moron. <laughs> and uh, now that I listen to Shane Beamer, I guess I didn't really listen to him talk at a presser much, but I'm like, sort of sounds dumb. Yeah. Do you think he was uh, deflecting? Oh, I think he's a douche. Yeah. Too, obviously. All right. I think, it, I think it's a wise selection. Are you going to go with Shane Beamer? Sure. All right. Well, Shane Beamer, congratulations and welcome to Columbia, Missouri. You're going to be joining us as Douche of the Week. 
All right, now let's get to the fun one, Colin. Mizzou played a great game in our victory, 38-21 over Kentucky. A lot of guys were contributors to it. Who was the one that deserves the Golden Fleece? Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. I say Theo Weiss. Uh, he stepped up big time this game. Mm. Uh, several conversions, had a great catch for a touchdown. You know, when they were obviously trying to take Luther Burden out of the game, Theo Weiss made him pay. And uh, that's who I'm going to go with. Yeah, I think that's a great selection. I think honorable mention at least has to go out to a fellow named Luke Bauer, the University of Missouri punter who chucked downfield a 39-yard touchdown bomb to Marquise Johnson and utterly altered the narrative of this football game. Yeah, it was the one and only contribution he really made to the game other than three punts. Well, I'd say Marquise Johnson uh, deserves quite a bit of credit for (laughs) making that play happen as well. I do too, because the ball was a tad underthrown. He had to go up and get it. It worked out great because the defender, after that throw kind of was underthrown, kind of uh, lost his timing, and Marquise Johnson marched in easily for the touchdown. But I I agree. I think Theo Weiss was a big, big, probably the biggest factor in this game. Got himself open, made some huge plays. But I just wanted to – the play that changed the course of the game was that fake punt, and it was executed perfectly both by Bauer and by Johnson. And so uh, I couldn't hand out the fleece without at least mentioning the guys who contributed to that play. But well, I'm – I'm not going to argue uh, with you. I think Theo's the guy. You pat whoever you want on the hiney, but Theo Weiss is the man. (laughs) All right. Six receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Theo Weiss Jr., congratulations. You're this week's Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. All right, Colin. Onward and upward to South Carolina. I don't know if you can call this one a trap game or not. I feel like the players, the coaches, everyone knows how important all these games are down the road. I mean, there is nothing left on the schedule that you overlook. I mean, this is we're a good team, but we're not a team that can coast by anybody. This is a big one. And after a big win against Kentucky, we got to have this one too. And I think we look like a team who's who's very capable of doing it if we keep focus. We need this too because when I went on the Spurs Up show, got a lot of saving this when they threw up the clips of our segment. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of South Carolina fans ready to dance on my grave if we don't win. Yeah, but uh, I uh, so I'm I'm especially looking forward to that because I saved a few things myself. <laughs> Glad to hear it because uh, yeah, that you uh, ruffled some cock feathers when you uh, went on that show, and uh, God forbid what you say came out to be true. That would that'd be awful, just awful. Yep. <laughs> All right, Colin. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Do you have a prediction for uh, Saturday? Mizzou 31, Carolina 17. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to say uh, Missouri 34, Carolina 24. I can live with that. It's, it's, uh, it's a rare case where not only am I picking Missouri to win, I'm expecting them to cover. Because as we know, good teams win, great teams cover. Great teams cover. That's right. All right, we'll see you all on Saturday. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Maybe Brennan's an asshole that doesn't know shit.